Hello, and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 238, which we're recording on Thursday, February 11th, 2021. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And this would almost be when we were preparing to go to Stitches, if the world was normal. Yes, that's right. That's right. And I guess we'll talk a little bit about that next episode. Yeah, which would have been, <laughs> would have been the recap episode. Right, exactly, yep. exactly. All right, so what you wearing? Well, I have been wearing this week my Little Black Shawl, which is a pattern by Laura Ayler. And I knit it back in 2017 from hand-spun yarn that I spun myself. Yay! So that was totally cool. So it's really soft and squishy yarn. It was a very, very easy knit. I'm trying to bring up the photo on my computer right now. But it was a very easy knit. Most of the shawl is just made of garter stitch, back and forth, increasing as you go. And then there are rows of eyelets on the edge edges. So very, very easy, very simple. And that's right. If you if you want to knit this one, you can, like her yardage requirements is 400 to 1,000 because you can make it in any gauge and you can make it pretty much any size you want to suit how much yarn you have. So it was, it was pretty fun because I had, of course, with hand spun, sometimes you have an odd amount. You don't have the perfect skein amount always with hand spun so that's why it was quite suitable for a lovely skein of hand spun nice. <laughs> yeah so that is little black shawl by laura ayler and what are you wearing gail well quick question about the shawl first is that a triangular yeah. shawl it is that's what I it thought. is yeah i am wearing two hand knits today well three if you count socks as two separate Ooh. hand knits or slippers in this case. <laughs> I am wearing my boxy, the first boxy I knit by the designer Hohi Locatelli. And I knit this one many, many years ago. And it was my first neighborhood fiber company yarn project. Wow. This, yeah, That's this is a their rustic ago. fingering. <laughs> yep. Very and cool. I love it. And I'm also wearing, they do not match my sweater at all, but I'm wearing my Wanderer's uh, slippers. I almost said Wanderer's Mittens, but no, they're on my feet, not my hands. <laughs> Designed by Andrea Mowry, which was a finish for, finished object for me not very long ago. And those are knit color work in worsted weight. So they're super cozy on your feet. I love my Wanderer slippers. They're delightful. So wool on top and wool on the bottom. Excellent. Yeah, I'm super toasty warm and loving it. All right, so what have you been stocking? Well, I wanted to mention, because many listeners asked me about the sweater that I had finished last episode, which was a test knit that I did for Elizabeth Doherty. So the pattern was released this week. It's called Shan, and it is Scottish spelling. So if you look it up on Ravelry, it is spelled S-I-A-N. And again, the designer is Elizabeth Doherty. So this sweater is a top-down circular yoked sweater. And I have been wearing it a lot, a lot, a lot. Nice. <laughs> yeah. 
This one, I really like it because you get that look of a colorwork sweater without having to strand yarns because the whole yoke, though it uses two colors or you can you can change it up. You can use three colors, four colors. You could even do it in a rainbow if you wanted. The whole thing is slip stitch patterning. So you alternate rows between your main color and your contrast color. Very, very cool. And I also wanted to mention that I unraveled a sweater to make that one. And I did talk about that last time. But something that that something I thought of when I was unraveling the sweater is that you and I have talked about this before. Sometimes there are cardigans that almost aren't made to be worn as cardigans. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? There are like cardigans. To me. Yeah, there are cardigans, but the way they are styled or just the way the design is, they always seem to be worn closed. Mm-hmm. So I think those are the cardigans that I wear the least. That makes I shouldn't, sense, actually. Yeah, I shouldn't. And it's not, I shouldn't say never, because I have that one sweater, Riley, that mm-hmm. I really like. And that one is, a, technically, it's a cardigan. It's got buttons, but I wear it as a pullover. But I wear that one a lot. But. Anyway, it was just an observation. I know that's not necessarily stalking, but it was just an observation on my part that I wanted to mention. (laughs) That is interesting because if I think about it, a lot of the same is true for me. The cardigans that I would wear as pullovers, I don't know if I wear them less frequently, but there's an obvious difference to them. Yes. Like I think the Maypop hoodie also fits into that category. Maypop hoodie, my Elton Elton cardigan, they just don't feel right if they're not buttoned, right. at least partially. Yeah, exactly. I understand exactly. what you mean. So it was just, even though we're talking about stocking, it was something that I noticed when I was ripping that sweater. I was realizing that I tend to rip a lot of sweaters that are of that particular style. So hmm. yeah, observation. It's always good too know what you like and what you don't Mm -hmm. like so (laughs) so now down to the real stocking now I have a funny story to tell (laughs) bring it on last week in our Saturday afternoon zoom chat a listener asked me if I had ever knit a design by the designer who goes by the name Asa Tricosa. So while we were on the Zoom chat, I quickly looked at the designer's patterns and a lot of her sweaters are made with an unusual construction, which was why the listener brought it to my attention because I have I have mentioned a lot that I like sweaters that are made with unusual construction. So the designer has several sweaters with this unusual construction. Most of them are fitted sleeves, like set-in sleeve design. So that isn't my preferred sweater 
construction or or designed to wear, but she did have one that had a drop shoulder construction. And now the name of this sweater is called Bento Boxy. <laughs> Isn't that fun? I mean, and it it's so it's got the boxy in there, but it's boxy spelled B-O-K-S-Y. Oh, I've seen that pattern, yeah. And then the bento box. And so it's obviously an homage to the boxy is the way I look at it. It's got to be an homage to boxy because it is a boxy sweater. And so I had mentioned that while we were in the chat and I thought, oh, okay, this one looks like something that I would wear. And since since we were in the Zoom call, I didn't really go that much further into looking at it because I was using the computer for Zoom. So next day, I go back and I'm looking at the pattern again and I'm looking at the yardage. And so the pattern page for this sweater says that it's knit in a sport weight yarn but it also gives this really super tight gauge for it. 26 stitches to four inches. And I'm, yeah, and I'm pondering all this and I'm thinking I could never knit a sport weight yarn that tightly and I'll have to make it in fingering. So it's like I'm looking through all these details and I'm I'm kind of thinking that, yeah, I'm going to probably want to make this sweater. And I'm making sure that, it's the pattern is available in English and I'm looking just checking things out and then I look and I look at the price see what the price is and it says view in my library (laughs) I already owned this pattern Gail I already owned this pattern having purchased it at some point a few years ago, I think, <laughs> when I looked it up, I realized it had been a couple of years. So you and I have talked about this before, and mm-hmm. I, I keep saying that, but oh, sometimes you purchase patterns and you forget about them. It's a thing. <laughs> it really is. Electronic resources yeah. are much easier to forget about than hard copy physical resources, in my opinion. Yeah. They're much yeah. easier to just blank on. Yeah, so I know that was a really long lead up to the <laughs> to the fact that, hey, I already owned this pattern. But it stood the test of time because here years later, you got all excited about it and went and checked yeah. it out. And I could tell you were in the pre-stages of fantasy knitting that sweater and then exactly. bam, you already owned it. Exactly. So like I've already said, it's a very boxy style sweater, but it has lots of little design details it has for example it has visible contrast stitching on the outside of the sleeves where you join the sleeves to the body it has a funnel neck that is knit purposefully with contrast color lining and then you use a contrast color lining for the folded hem it has a little yeah it has a little tiny faux well, actually, I think it's a real pocket. It has a little tiny pocket on the front of the sweater, which doesn't appear to be... Functional? It, it, well, it's a really tiny little pocket 
and I think it is functional in terms that it is a pocket, but I think you'd only like be able to put a coin in it. it it's tiny. So it's a pocket for show, but it's got the contrast color stitching on it. So it, it looks nice. And oh, and it also has this little tiny, what looks to be intarsia, like a little tiny one inch square on the back between the shoulders. So it's got lots of little design details. It's got this new construction that I've never made before. I think it would be pretty fun to knit. So it would be more of an adventurous knit for me because I think there's a lot of things on this one that are going to be different. So yeah, that's bento boxy. <laughs> and have you already been thinking about yarns for it or you haven't made it that far? Well, if I knit it in fingering, the only yarn I have in my stash that I have enough of, because it takes quite a bit, is a sweater quantity I have of the coast. So it's probably going to be that, because I can't see going out and buying a sweater quantity, such a large sweater quantity right now. It's, when you can't it takes, see it in person. Yeah, it takes a lot of yarn. So, because it, it's a big sweater, it's, it's meant to be oversized. The sizes go from 50 inch to 70 inch, and it's meant to be worn with lots of ease. So, so we shall see. <laughs> and I'm trying to pull up the pattern on my phone, but in my closet, my reception oh, is not very good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying though. And then the last thing I am stocking is another clean and simple pattern from Kelly McClure called the Unicowl. And I saw this one on Ravelry this week. And Kelly McClure, of course, is the designer that gave us the ubiquitous sock head slouch hat, of which there are currently 24,000 projects on Ravelry. 24,000. Wow. Girl. Yeah. <laughs> That is so awesome. Yeah. So the Unicowl looks like it is just a long tube that is knit in the round and doubled. So what it looks like is once you knit this long tube, it looks like you fold it in on itself so that you have the knit side of the fabric facing both the inside and the outside of the cowl. And then the seams or the edges of the long tube that you've knit, I think are kitchenered together or maybe knit together. I, I didn't look closely, but probably kitchenered together. So it's just in a, a big tube without mm -hmm. any seams. So it looks easy peasy knit in the round. And it looks like the designer Kelly McClure has numbers for varied gauges she specifically listed out, there must have been about seven different yarns that she listed out that oh, you nice. could, yeah, so seven different gauges. It looked like it was written for lace weight through chunky. So numbers for any yarn you have in your stash. And that is Unical by Kelly McClure. What have you been stocking, Gail? Oh, with a name like Unicowl, I almost have to admit it because it's so close to Unicorn. <laughs> yes. Love it. Yes. Love it. So I've been stocking a couple things. The first one was something I found on Instagram because I've been back on Instagram a little bit. 
and it's called the Sisterhood Set, and it's by the designer Jen Peck, who which who was new to me. She is Webster Street Knittery on Ravelry and probably on Instagram as well. This is a set that's a colorwork hat and matching cowl, and they're knit in contrasting colors because they're colorwork, but they're also knit in contrasting textured yarns. It calls for DK weight. One of them is a worsted spun and one of them is a woolen spun, which is something that we've kind of chatted about on several recent episodes. I usually love to knit with woolen spun because it's a lighter weight yarn, worsted being a denser yarn. Mm -hmm. So they use both color and texture to get the contrast, which I thought was cool. And the thing I liked the most about it, besides the fact that they are pretty patterns, is that it's a benefit for the Sisters United organization, which oh, that's right. I've talked about this I've, on the podcast yes, as well. Yes, I remember this. Yes, Candace English, who is the dyer behind the Farmer's Daughter Fibers, she started this organization called Sisters United Montana. And the tagline on the website now says, Empowering Indigenous Women, Children, and Communities. And she started it initially to help with the missing Indigenous women, which is a very large problem here and in, and in Canada. And it has grown since then. And I think in 2019, they raised over $20,000. So she does various projects with dyers, with d designers, with people who make different things. I ordered one time, I, actually, it's a hand cream called from a company called Render. And I love it. I've been ordering it ever since. And I discovered hmm. that from a, a Sisters United kind of pack that she did one month. Mm -hmm. So she does all these really interesting things. And it's just a great cause in general. So check that out. That's the Sisterhood set by Jen Peck. And of course, when you find a new designer, you go off and look at all the things they've yes, designed. Yes, of course you do. That's, and she, that's part of the fun. Exactly. You go down that <laughs> rabbit hole. And Jen has some beautiful shawls. She has a lot of color work where it's not just color work like stranded color work, but stripes and things like that. Lots of really, really beautiful designs. And I haven't been wearing my shawls. So although I was tempted, I decided that I shouldn't <laughs> probably add more shawls to my queue. But if you're a shawl knitter, I highly recommend you check them out. They're really beautiful designs. And the second thing I've been stocking is a new re-release from Hunter Hammerson. So I've been talking a lot about her permutation hat that I stocked for a while and then knit yeah. my first one. Yeah. She re-released three of her other quote colorwork hats and Charlene mentioned slipped stitches as colorwork in the Elizabeth Doherty design. It's the same idea in Hunter Hammerson's designs. Oh nice. You're not carrying two strands of yarn at the same time and as you do in traditional stranded colorwork. You're coloring you're carrying one color at a time, say that fast, three times, so that you slip a stitch to get the, the impression of stranded knitting. Yeah. So it's very Got simple it. to do. You get a lot of bang for the buck because it's not difficult to do, but it looks like you're like, wow, you really know how to knit because look at that amazing color work. That is exactly the way I felt about my Shan sweater. It, it all came together so fast and I felt so skilled even right? though <laughs> even though I wasn't doing the complicated knitting with two colors at the same time so yeah. yes gotta and love it 
it's not complicated to knit with two yeah. colors at and the same I, time, I but it's slower. But it's slower. It's slower. More effort. It's something that you, like most knitting skills, you get better at with practice. Yes. But this, I don't even think you really have to practice to master the slip stitch. I mean, now you yeah. just slip it. I mean, it's, yeah. kind of, <laughs> it's kind of simple. So I really like the fact that these three hats use that technique to make a very large impression, even though the actual work involved is not as complicated as a non-knitter would assume, even some knitters would assume. So these three hats are called Collusion, Entrapment, and Misprison. And they are all knit in worsted weight. And although I think they all use two colors, you could easily vary that. You could use a variegated, you could use a gradual color shift yarn, you could use any variety of scraps. It would be really, really easy to modify to use any scraps that you have. And if since it's worsted weight, you could carry two colors of fingering together to get the weight. I mean, lots of different ways you could do it. So I saw those and thought, oh, those are really cute. I think I have a, a designer crush on Hunter Hammerson. So, <laughs> those, and like I said, those are actually a re-release. She apparently has been updating a lot of her patterns and this these three were pulled off of her Ravelry store for a while so that she could update them and now they're back on the store and available again. So check them out. Hunter Hammerson, Collision, no, sorry, Collusion, Entrapment, and Miss Prison. Nice. All right, so what have you been knitting? All right, so I showed you before we started my Susurus, oh, which so is pretty. a pullover by Hohi Locatelli. I am knitting mine in two lace weight yarns, a very, very lightweight mohair from Shibui Yarns, and then a lace weight, it's a single ply lace weight. Oh, who makes this? I'm blanking out. It's not Madeline Tosh? It's not Madeline Tosh, it's the Marina. And it is... Oh, Monos del Uruguay? Yes, it's Monos. I knew it started with an M. <laughs> so I'm using those two together. Susurus is a striped design, and it alternates between a solid stripe of the mohair with a solid stripe of the lace weight that is used in a lace pattern. So I've got two different shades of gray, knitting one one after the other there are stripes of 15 rounds each so they're not super narrow stripes and they're not they're not they're not really wide stripes either i think i have four or five of the lace stripes on my whole sweater and it's been a fun knit, more fun than I expected. I wasn't sure what to expect with this one because it's got a little bit of lace, it's got a little bit of stockinette, it's a circular yoke construction, and the increases all happen like in the stockinette so that the lace can stay constant for the whole stripe so I wasn't sure how it was going to work out because sometimes when that happens the increases can happen too fast or too close together but this one has worked out nicely I like the way that it looks and it's so far 
really good. I've made a lot of progress because it's been pretty much the only thing I've been working on for the last week. So I'm, I've knit all the way down to the bottom ribbing on the bottom of the sweater. So I was almost surprised there. I was surprised on Saturday when you held that up. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you knit almost this whole sweater already. I was blown away. Yeah, it, it's been fun. I really have enjoyed working on it. So. And I wanted to put in a plug for Hohe about the spacing of increases in her circular yoke designs. Of all of the circular, <laughs> I cannot speak today, <laughs> of all of the circular yoke sweaters of hers that I've knit, she has a perfect ratio. They they fit me perfectly. They never feel like they ride up and want to choke me or they hang down too far. I just love her ratio of increases. You, yeah, just wanted to I, say that. You have always, ever since you've made that super simple summer mm -hmm. sweater, you have told me that. And so that's one of the reasons why I wanted to try this. So, so far, I really liked it. I've tried it on many, many times and I'm very happy with it so far. Yay! Yeah, and I wanted to mention, let me click on this to open it up. Cicerus, I wanted to mention the sizes on this because it seems to have a fairly big range too. It goes from 33 and a half to 64 and a quarter. So that's a good range of sizes too. One, Very two, three, four, yeah. five, six, seven, eight, nine sizes. So that's good. That's good. Okay. And then the other thing that I have been, well, actually I haven't been working on it. It's another Hohi Locatelli shawl is my lightweight or another Hohi Locatelli pattern is the lightweight hipster. That one I've actually finished the shawl itself. I can't remember if I had finished the shawl itself last episode when I mentioned Ooh, it. Oh, I don't think so. I haven't seen it. Okay. And so it's ready for the little fringes. I keep wanting to say tassels, but they're not technically tassels. I believe they're just fringes, fringes that get affixed to the edge. So I have to fringe. <laughs> <laughs> so I love my, it. <laughs> yeah. So my shawl is, it, again, I made it in lace weight. So it's very, very lightweight piece. And I just haven't been that motivated because I'm wearing warmer pieces right now. It'll be something that I definitely wear in the springtime when it gets a little bit warmer, but I only have the fringe left to do. So that's it. Good. I'm glad that you're going to do the fringe. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I have, I have a larger skein than is called for. So I have quite a bit of yardage left over. So got to use that on the fringes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel about so, fringe and tassels. Yeah. So, <laughs> Those are the only two things I have been working on. How about you? What are you knitting? I'm knitting on all sorts of things, it feels like lately. And one of those is my Bright Feather Pullover by Jennifer Steingass. And very size inclusive. It goes from 36 to 67 inches at the chest measurement. Mm -hmm. So lots of size possibilities there. Knit in lace weight yarn held doubled with silk mohair lace weight. So two lace weight yarns held together. I'm loving mine and I finished the body and I'm almost done with the first sleeve. 
I got to the point where you do the color work on the sleeves and I cannot find my contrast colors. <laughs> I'm sure they're somewhere. I just can't. I didn't look very hard and I thought, oh, well, I'll just knit on something else. Not in the car, are they? No, they, yeah, they're probably not in the trunk being debugged, but you never know. That's from our Saturday Zoom. Someone was mentioning that they had an infestation. I can't remember if it was carpet beetles or a clothes moth, but we mentioned Jess's tips, Jess's Delphinian on Ravelry, mm -hmm. that you either deep freeze or you roast them alive. So basically you put your yarn in a hot, hot car for a couple days and that will eradicate any little living creatures that mm -hmm. are in your yarn that shouldn't be there. That's so, the easiest way to do it. Really, yeah. if, as long as you can get temperatures warm enough for a couple of days. Yeah. And then the joke was the fact that Charlene and I have both, quote, lost yarn, unquote, because we <laughs> left it in the car and forgot it was in the car. <laughs> so. Well, actively, um, not necessarily debugging, but just making sure that the yeah, yarn is clean. Safeguarding. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. I like that. <laughs> Some people said that they do it on a pretty annual basis. They will rotate their yarn through a hot car every summer just in case, especially that's if you're brilliant. in an area that's prone to infestations. Yeah, that's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, super duper brilliant. And it also came up, this is a totally separate subject from what I'm knitting, but the people who were on the call who were in snowy areas, Stockholm, Sweden being one of them, Barbara was washing her hand knits in the snow. I find this fascinating. Please tell I the story, love Gail. It. So, <laughs> and I've seen a lot of people who I follow on Instagram are doing the same thing right now. Really? So, yes. So it's a thing. <laughs> it's a total wow. thing. See, so, we're not snow people, so we don't obviously, know this. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. And it has to be a dry snow, apparently. If it's a wet snow, it doesn't work. But I think all you do is dampen your hand knit with a little bit of wool wash, and then you lay it out on the snow. And it basically dries to almost dry, and then you bring it inside, and you can finish the rest inside. But it cleans your wool. You don't have to soak it and smush it around and then stamp it out in a towel. You just get a little damp with wool wash, and you stick it in the snow. Who knew? I don't know how that works. but I don't either, but it does. They say that <laughs> people do that for their carpets and all their clothes and all sorts of different things. So. Huh. I thought that was fascinating. What an easy way to do it, right? Is as long that, as you don't mind being freezing cold. Is it called a snow wash? Does there have I don't, is there is there an official name for it? I don't know. I haven't looked. I haven't researched it because hmm. it doesn't really apply to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't get snow in Santa Cruz. Every no. once in a while you get like the tiniest little little coating of snow but that's only like once every 10 years so yeah certainly not enough to wash your hand knits but it's pretty fascinating no. so back to bright feather so bright feather is a work in progress hopefully i will find my yarn not in the car or in the snow and be able to continue <laughs> i'm also working on the lee blanket which is a pattern by kate oates and that is the one i'm knitting for my grandson to be who's due in april and his name will be Wesley, and I'm calling it Wesley's Blanket, basically. It's beautiful. The pattern, when we recorded last time, I hadn't progressed enough on the pattern to know that it's reversible. Oh. So that's a subject that came up when we were talking about blankets, is the fact yes. that many are not reversible. Right. This one is completely reversible, and it oh, has... Oh, how cool. It's, it's really cool. So there's 
ribbing on all four edges. And then also on our, all four edges is like a broken mistake ribbing kind of oh, yeah. ribbing. So you kind of have two borders. And then in the center is a really pretty cable that's done with twisted stitches. So you don't need a cable needle. And it just is really pretty. I'm really happy with how it's turning out. And I'm using Tosh Sport in the Nocturne colorway, which is a beautiful, deep tonal navy. And it looks beautiful in this yarn. Alex is just thrilled. So that's the Lee Blanket by Kate Oates. Very happy with that pattern. And then I have a new cast on. It's a pattern I stocked a couple episodes ago. It's called Lead the Way. It's a rectangular wrap. I would call it more like a scarf width than a wrap width. And the idea is you use one single color and then you do some stripes in contrasting colors, many of which were done in rainbows. So I pulled out a bunch of mini skeins, some of which I bought when Charlene and I were at Stitches last year. So Stitches 2020. And the year before that, I bought a mini set of marionated yarns. So that was Stitches 2019. And hers was kind of jewel tone rainbow. So if you see pictures of my work in progress or finished object, most of the more solid tonal colors are from marionated yarns. And the others are either scraps or individual minis that I bought at Stitches or various other places. And I love it so much. I'm using gray, a hazel knits, 80-20, so 80% merino, 20% nylon sock yarn, which is a new base to me in a colorway called graphite, which I love. It's gray, dark gray. And then my rainbow goes from pink through to red and then blue to turquoise to purple and then to light purple is how it will end. And just while Charlene and I have been recording, I added my purple, the darkest of purple. <laughs> it's really cool. And trying to show Charlene, but the lighting in my closet. No, I bad. can see it. It's really pretty. It's just gorgeous. I'm so happy with this project. Yeah. And it's all garter. It's super simple. It's chevron shaped. So you have increases and decreases on the outside and yarn overs on the inside. Super easy, brainless knitting, just fun fun so, project. I was teasing Gail. I think this is going to be the shawl that calls to her all the time. And she's going to start wearing shawls regularly because she's going to want to wear this one. Because <laughs> I really am. Gail has a love of rainbows. I really so. do. I really, really do. And it has tassels on the oh, pointy end. Gail so it starts tassels. out straight and ends on a point with tassels. So yeah, I think this is probably hopefully going to be a go-to. And I'm doing something I don't normally do. I'm mixing single ply and plied yarns in my rainbow stripe. Mm -hmm. Usually I'm the type of person who wants it all to be single ply or yeah. all to be plied. And this time I decided, who cares? I'm going to mix know, it up. I tend to be like that too. I, I want to have them all be plied or all be single plied. And the funny thing is when a project, when I see a project that has mixed when I see it made, it totally doesn't matter. You, it's yeah. not like you can, you point out and say, oh, that section was made with single ply amidst a section that where everything else was plied. You really can't tell. Yeah, I'm sure unless people looked really carefully. Yeah, the, yeah. The reason you could tell on this is because the gauge is so much different if, between the if single ply and yeah, the plied. If there yeah. is a gauge difference, then sometimes you 
you can tell, but yeah. But other I than that, I think in love it'll with this. be fine. <laughs> I'm not going to worry about it. And the pattern I should have mentioned is by Megan Doherty, and I'm just loving it. Yeah. So those are the three things I'm knitting, and my via wrap has gone into hibernation because I'm just not feeling the love for it right now. And every yeah. time I try to work on it, I mess it up. So I decided it just is going to go away for a while yeah. until I'm in the mood again. Yeah. I think that's great thing about knitting. Wise. I've got one project in hibernation right now, too. So <laughs> Marion, the dyer behind Marionated Yarns, and Katie of Katinka Designs share a love of pop culture and 80s kitsch. When Marion said she wanted to pull together a mixed gradient set with the working title of Ode to John Cusack, Katie immediately knew she wanted in. Together they chose a palette with both a strong callback to the 80s and a contemporary appeal, with colorways pulled from the movie posters of Say Anything, Better Off Dead, Gross Point Blank, and High Fidelity. In Sheldon's Say Anything kit, the vibrant yarn set is paired with two shades of dusty blue in a loving nod to the era's stonewashed denim. <laughs> An easy but addictive slip stitch pattern allows the colors to shine and the kit includes enough yarn to knit both the Say Anything cowl and the upcoming Say Anything hat or a wider infinity cowl. Of course, it includes perfectly themed extras and other goodies too, Kits with other available color options are currently available for pre-order on the Marionated Yarns website and will ship around February 25th. Check them out at marionatedyarns.com and there's a much longer link that will go directly to the sets that we'll put in the show notes. And the cowl is really cool. We haven't seen the hat yet, but we'll put a picture of the cowl in the show notes on the blog and in the Ravelry group. It, I'm guessing they're slip stitches that are kind of yeah, elongated. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah. So it's stripes of 80s kitsch colors on a darker <laughs> background. And it's really cool. It's a really cool cow. I'm impressed. Yeah. And I wanted to mention, you know how every once in a while when you're knitting and you're a podcaster, the stars align and you actually are knitting with the yarn that you're talking about on your podcast? That's that what I was thinking. Yes. Yes, that happened. <laughs> So I'm using my marionated mini skein set, and I have to mention that she put up pre-orders for something called the Capital Rainbow. Oh, yeah. Which I purchased right away. And I have i don't know if I've ever purchased a set of yarn like that ever. I think it might be my first time of just like, I have to have this. It is a set of one, two, three, four, five, six, eight colors. That's a rainbow based on the women who were at the 2021 inauguration. So burgundy from Michelle Obama, red from Lady Gaga, yellow from Amanda Gorman, etc., etc. Jill yeah, Biden. Based on the Kamala. colors that they yeah. were wearing because there was a beautiful rainbow. Oh, it's yeah. so cool. Yeah. I saw it is the, really cool. I saw the email. I was like, I'm buying this right now. I'm going to knit it into a striped <laughs> sweater, the Andrea Mowry pattern. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, love it. I hope that they come up with a playlist that you can listen to while you knit this oh, kit. <laughs> that'd be cool. That'd be really cool. Yeah, really. <laughs> awesome. So thank you, Katie, and thank you, Marion. And what have you finished? Okay, I have only finished one thing. 
And I started this, oh, I can't remember if I started it last episode or I stalked it last episode because it's it's a hat. So it was a fairly quick knit. The pattern is called the Beanie. It's by ZZ Textiles. Oh, yeah, you had just downloaded it. Oh, okay. And so I, f- I finished it already. And I realized when I finished it and I took a look at the pattern that I ended up not I ended up not following the pattern exactly because once I started decreasing, I just kept on decreasing. And then I looked at the pattern after I had kind of finished it to see how far I was supposed to go. And I realized I had just kind of blown past a stopping point. And it was like, so the top of the hat's a little bit different, but basically it worked out pretty well awesome so yours is unique (laughs) mine is quite unique and you know it's a hat so (laughs) nobody it's not like anybody can look at it and say oh the decrease decreases are wrong on that because you know it'll still keep somebody's head nice and warm (laughs) and so this pattern has a brim that is knit and folded over and then stitched down as you go. You kind of stitch two stitches together to secure the folded over section. So there's a, a a brim that goes around your ears that's just made with the knit stitch, but it's folded over. So you kind of get double around nice. your ears. And then you can even make the hat longer and fold it up a third time if you want a triple layer around your ear so it could be a really super warm hat if you liked nice (laughs) yeah and the pattern calls for the i think the pattern has a a version that was knit with three strands of mohair so if you really like the fuzzy hats you can even do it in three strands of mohair i just did mine in a single strand of fingering weight because i just wanted to try out the pattern so that one is done. Have you finished anything? I have not. One of the very few podcast episodes where I don't have a single <laughs> FO and I don't feel a single bit of guilt about it. No guilt. No guilt. No, no. <laughs> okay. So we are back to the School of Knit after a little break. Especially, Yay. yeah, our How to Knit a Sweater or your first sweater School of Knit, which was our big plan for 2020. And we know how 2020 turned out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we did pretty good. We did. We stayed with it. We just, we're not, it was a year-long plan, and it's going to take us a little bit longer than a year, but that's because we have so many other things to talk about. (laughs) Exactly, because that's how knitting is. (laughs) That's how knitting is, exactly. So back to School of Knit, Sweaters 101, we wanted to talk about modifications that knitters do to make each piece their own and we're it's just going to be a simple discussion of ways that you can make sweaters your own because we can't give instruction on how to do each one in a short segment like this so We'll just kind of list the different ways, and if if we can list any tips to help, we'll do that too. Yes, because there are whole books and classes on getting the sweater to be a perfect fit. So Amy Herzog has a book and a craftsy class, and 
there are different resources out there that are far more intricate than we can cover yes. in a couple yes. of podcast episodes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So what were some of the tops on your list, Charlene? Well, the easiest ones to modify came to mind first, and that is things like length of the sweater body itself and length of sleeve. If you're knitting a sweater in pieces, you can usually lengthen the sleeve or the body. You figure out where you want to add that length to on your body and you just add in the extra inches. If you're knitting it in pieces, you have to make sure that you do the front and the back equally. If you're doing a doing it on the sleeves you have to make sure you do it on both sleeves equally of course that, that seems like a no-brainer but believe me <laughs> i've made um, mistakes like that yeah if <laughs> yes it's if, helpful if, if you're going to modify a pattern to keep notes of what you're doing so exactly. when you finish the back and you have added rows besides the pattern and then you go to do the fronts it makes it much easier if you have notes to yeah. follow yeah i think those two are probably they're the ones that I think of as being the two of the easiest fixes because whether you're knitting from the top down or the bottom up, it's fairly easy to figure out where you want to add that extra length in. I shouldn't say it's fairly easy because if you've never knit a sweater before, then it's not. It's confusing. But sketch it out. That always helps. Figure out where you want the extra length. Usually... The extra length on the body is below the narrowest portion of your waist. Unless you have a really long torso, then you may need to add above the waist. But again, that's a personalized choice. You need to figure out where you want it. It's, sketching it out always helps. And comparing it to the schematic in the pattern. Another yeah. reason schematics are very helpful. Yeah, I love schematics. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And another one that is a modification I say is easy because I do it all the time. But again, if you're just knitting your first sweater, might not be as easy as I'm going to make it sound. But if you want to adjust for ease, so I am wider at my hips than I am at my bust. So I like to add ease. Top down sweaters, I will add increases so that the hips are bigger round than the top. And the, the reverse if it's a bottom-up sweater. And I do that in two ways. Either one, increasing or decreasing stitches, mm -hmm. and or two, changing needle sizes. So some sweater patterns that I've knit, it's very easy to change a needle size. So with Bright Feather, what I did is I went up a needle size and did a couple increases and then went up a needle size again and did a couple increases. So I did kind of a double modification to get the ease that I wanted. Yeah, you've been doing the needle size changing quite a bit mm -hmm. on sweaters lately. And that looks great. Because the sweaters that you've done it on that I've seen, it's not like, I'll look at a sweater and think, oh, the stitches down there are much bigger than they are up there. No, you can't tell. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> you really can't. I mean, if you yeah. were going to take a magnifying glass to it, you could probably see it. But in general, I think I've done it on three or four sweaters now, and you mm -hmm. really can't see a difference. Yeah. And I think the thinner the yarn, the easier it is to do that. So I've mm. done it on lace and fingering weight sweaters. 
not on anything thicker than that. I think it would be more obvious if it was mm-hmm. DK or worsted, for example. Yeah. So, but to me, it it took me years to get to the point where I would modify a sweater pattern. I went exactly by the pattern unless I had to change it for some reason. And then that bravery was thanks to Charlene, who taught me that you <laughs> can go off pattern and be very happy with it. So that's something that I just do out of habit now. I don't even usually factor it in, like sit down. Mm-hmm. I used to sit down and actually do the math to figure out where the increases should be. And now I just throw in a couple here and there and it works just fine. So, Yeah, I think the more comfortable you get with modifying sweaters, you get a little casual about, oh, let's try this here and try this there. And that happens also when you are less fearful about ripping. Mm-hmm. That's true, too. If you're, if you're less fearful about ripping, then you can be a little more cavalier about trying out new things. <laughs> yeah. And one thing I did want to mention about fit. So I like more ease, especially from the underarms down. And one of the things Charlene and I both took Amy Herzog's custom fit class and did a lot of the measurements and all the specialized things that she recommended. And we've heard great talks from Elizabeth Doherty and other great designers who all strive to get a very well-fitting sweater on their knitters. All of them have said one of the most important measurements is your upper bust because Mm -hmm. you want your sweater to fit in your shoulders and upper bust, especially because if it's big there, it's probably going to be much bigger everywhere else than you want it. So when you're thinking of modifications, think fit through the upper bust. And that's, I think, one of the best tips I ever got for fitting sweaters because I would just make them bigger everywhere. Well, that's not necessarily how your body is shaped, and that's not necessarily how you want your sweater to fit. So think of that little tip that I've, t- that I've learned from many a master designer. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I know for certain when I started making sweaters, I would always make, I made them all too big mm-hmm. to start for the main reason that I kept thinking, well... I like a little bit of positive ease, but yeah, yeah, too much positive ease in the wrong place can be sloppy. Exactly. On the wrong style. Mm -hmm. There are sweaters like Boxy where you have positive ease on the bust and everywhere, and that's supposed to be that way. So that's that's different. That's not what we're talking about here. Um, I think part of it for me too is that when I started knitting sweaters the styling the style of the time sweaters were much more fitted and I think because so many people are knitting now I don't it's it's one of those things I don't know which came first the chicken or the egg is (laughs) is it sweaters are have more positive ease now because it's easier to knit because you don't have to worry about fitting Mm -hmm. that could be or is it just that that's the style everybody's living a much more casual lifestyle probably both those things are true yeah and it depends on your preferences in wardrobe too yeah 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 
And I do. I like the oversized sweater feel when I wear it. Yes. And the look when I'm wearing it. But if yeah. it's too big up top, I it one, it will droop off of my shoulders. Two, it will be too baggy at my neck. There are things about it that I don't yes. like usually. Yeah. So. Or if it's a sweater that's not intended to be worn with that kind of positive ease. Exactly. So that yeah. was just a, a comment I wanted to make sure I mentioned. And then for larger chested women, people who are more well endowed than I am, there are lots of different modifications you can do for your bust, including bust darts and things like that, that again are beyond the scope of what we can really cover here. But there's a lot of good information out on the internet and YouTube, etc., for helping with bust darts and things like that. Yeah. It's- Sweater patterns very, very commonly have increases and decreases built in for waist shaping, but not so commonly do they have increases and decreases built in for bust shaping. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure why that is, because in terms of inches, sometimes the difference between someone's waist and hips is in terms of inches could be the same or greater on their bust. Mm -hmm. So it seems to me that logically there are a large proportion of women that will need to make that modification to have the sweater fit the way that perhaps they want it to. So it's something that if you like sweaters to fit that way, eventually you're going to have to give it a try. Yep. And Barbara on our call, either last Saturday or the Saturday before, we were talking about this very size fit issue. And she said one thing she does, especially on her circular yoke sweaters, is that typically they divide the, the stitches in half and you separate mm-hmm. exactly the same for the front and the back. And she will take some of the stitches from the back and move them to the front so yes, that she has I more fabric in the front. Yes. Brilliant. I think that- It makes so much sense Mm -hmm. because to do something like that is a fairly simple modification. You don't necessarily have to change the numbers of the patterns. You're just moving a couple of inches from the back to the front. And Gail and I have mentioned this before. A lot of times sweaters that are equidistant on the front and the back for both of us tend to flare out in the back anyway. Mm -hmm, Right over my butt. So, yes. (laughs) So uh, sometimes a little bit less on the back than the front, I think, is a good thing. Well, it only makes sense. Almost every woman has more to cover in the front than she does on her back. Yeah. I mean, that's how how we're constructed, so. Yeah, definitely. And I remember... Years ago, you and I played around with decreases on the back to try Mm -hmm. to eliminate that flare. And I know we both made a couple sweaters where we just threw in a couple decrease lines. I think it was, I think we did it halfway between the back center Mm -hmm. and the side. And I don't, I don't do that anymore, but I know we've played around with it a little bit. Yeah, I think uh-huh. it, it made more sense when I was wearing more fitted sweaters. Yes. Yeah, now yes, the sweater exactly. designs that I tend to knit, uh, it's not an issue or not right. as much of an issue. Yes. Yeah, exactly. But all of these things, like Gail said, there are 
groups on Ravelry. There mm-hmm. are books. There are websites. There are YouTube videos. Lots of different resources out there, depending on how you learn best, that will help you make it to fit. <laughs> and don't forget about your library as a resource as well, because a lot of libraries have a good stock of craft related books. Good point. Yeah. yeah. Very good resource. Yeah. And I wanted to mention one other kind of modifications that I think when I think modifications, I don't necessarily think this way, but changing by doing a different gauge than the pattern mm-hmm. calls for. So you're modifying mm-hmm. the fabric you get and or modifying by doing different colors, adding stripes where it's a plain mm-hmm. yes. sweater and or cables if there aren't yeah. cables and or changing the cable pattern if you don't like it. I did that. Changing with, the texture. Yeah. Yeah. Or we Malia, the cables that ran down the front of the sweater, I wanted an XO for Kiss Hug. So oh, I changed, yes. <laughs> you know, I did the math and I made sure I had enough stitches in that cable panel to do the cable I wanted. So yeah. those are different ways you can modify as well. It's not all about the fit. Yeah, and or exactly. adding a hood, or you know, there are other things you can do to and sometimes, make it yours. Yes, exactly. And sometimes when sweaters, this the first example that comes to mind is ribbing. For example, ribbing is a stitch that pulls in, and you'll see it usually used on the hem of a sweater, the wrists wristbands of a sweater, the collars of a sweater, and the reason is is that stitch pulls in. That's just the characteristic of ribbing. But sometimes you can do things to change a stitch. Like if you wanted a sweater, sometimes sweaters have a waistband, for example, and the ribbing just pulls it in. Say you don't want a sweater that pulls in on your middle. You can eliminate the ribbing. You can do stockinette. You can do a rolled hem with stockinette. You could do a... um, Oh, I'm blank, totally blanking out. What's the stitch that's knit pearl, knit pearl, and then garter? opposite on the following? What? Garter? No, you could do you could do garter too. Moss stitch. Oh, you right. could do a moss stitch, something like that, which is knit pearl, knit pearl, and then the opposite on the mm-hmm. following row, pearl, knit, pearl, knit. I love so that they, picture too. So it's not ribbing, but you're doing the opposite stitch on top of each other. And if you do something like that, you can get a waistband that will, for example, not not uh, pull together. It won't have that characteristic of the ribbing. You can change elements of sweaters sometimes just by changing the stitch. Right. And you just mentioned the whole ribbing to give shape. You didn't phrase it that way, but I thought instantly of the ribby pulley sweater mm-hmm. by Bon Marie Burns, which we've both knit, that mm-hmm. uses ribbing in panels to give your sweater shape and oh you, yeah you can play around yeah, with that's panels right. like that it, ribbing that runs from the shoulder down to the hem so it it gives you a shape without the same same type of increase decrease shaping you would typically do for a sweater that's so right it's just yeah. a different way to do it that i hadn't remembered we yeah exactly so say you have a sweater that you want to nip in at the thinnest part of your torso your your waist you could add a tiny little ribbing panel on each side just to tuck that in a little bit yeah there have been that- some sweaters that we've knit not that long ago that did have the ribbing down the down the side yeah under your arm that yeah. help with that shaping yeah. out yeah. being overtly fitted or negative Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So you wouldn't necessarily have to rewrite a pattern or look for a different pattern. You can get 
if if you have a pattern, Gail, we've talked about this a couple of episodes ago with that confetti pattern where it's such a basic pattern and we both love it and we've knit it like three times mm-hmm. each. You, we could do so much with it. Yeah. We could change the shape. We could add different stitches. We could add cables. Sometimes you find a pattern that you can really do a lot with. Kind of like a blank slate. Yes, yes. And then something that you and I, I think we've both done this. We haven't done it recently, but we used to add hoods to things. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Mike's sweater. (laughs) Yeah, we, you can, maybe you want to do something and turn it into a hoodie. We've done that. We've added collars. We've changed collars. Sometimes you have a sweater. Maybe you don't like the neckline. Mm -hmm. Something that I have done if you have a sweater that you want extra warmth, one I've I've only done this once and I always think it would be a cool thing to do. Make a cowl, a matching cowl in the same exact yarn so that you can wear it with the sweater. It looks like it's built into the sweater. It looks like your sweater has a cowl neck, but if you get too hot, voila, you can remove it. <laughs> Miriam did one of those for the self-indulgent knit along, I think, last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she cool. lives in Montreal where it's cold. Where it's cold, yeah. yeah. And sometimes people will take a pullover and they'll cardiganize Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. If you have a pattern that really fits. Yeah. Yeah. Steak. Cutting your your knitting. (laughs) And the opposite is true. If you have a cardigan, like Charlene said that earlier in the episode that you actually are wearing as a pullover, you can knit it and throw in some ribbing or a detail that looks like it's going to button and sew some buttons onto something. That's really a pullover. Right. I have done that. I have done that because if you're only going to wear it as a pullover, maybe it's just easier to knit it in the round Mm -hmm. and then put the buttons on to have the look of a button-up sweater. Exactly. Yeah. So, see, modifications are endless once you start. (laughs) They really are. We came up with more than I thought. (laughs) It's like a brainstorming session. It is. It is. So, yeah, again... So many, so many things. There's probably others that we've forgotten. They will, there will be a thread in the Ravelry group. If you want to discuss these or any others, stop in, say hi, let us know how you have personalized your garment. Yeah, and share your resource ideas with us. So yeah, that's yeah, always definitely. very helpful. Definitely. All right. Well, we hope that you've enjoyed the return to School of Knit Sweaters 101. <laughs> it will continue. We're not done with it yet. So we hope you're enjoying it. Absolutely. Have a good week, everyone. Thank you for listening and happy Happy knitting. knitting. Bye. Bye Bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gailey Whaley.